Freaky Friday. Welcome back to Corked Stats, powered by Mayo Media Net here on YouTube, presented by Jock Market, that brand new daily fantasy app where you actually make money with us. How about that for a novel idea? Download the app. It's free. The first $100 gets matched for free. And if it's free, it's for me. We're doing damage up in the jock market pretty much every single day. And you know what? The best part about it is the off days are basically flat. We had another one yesterday, and that's fine. You don't have to be great to break even in jock market. Hey, 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 man. Opposed to DFS where most of the time, considering it's a 10-team parlay, you go home with empty pockets. Let's dive up into it. Big Friday show. My goodness, I don't know why I do this to myself, but I... For some reason, I want the best show in the nation, and we are going to keep hacking away at the Redwood until timber, till it falls down, man. It's the three pillars of profit we do in daily. DFS, jock market stacks, which of course overlaps into total base props, all the daily apps and platforms, plus some home run plays, and then I'm going to try and get everything out on Patreon every day, star rankings, plus pricing for jock market in particular, I think it's really important to know when to let go, unlike DraftKings, the pricing is not set, the market sets the price, so in DraftKings, when somebody's really cheap, everybody piles in, it's really not that great, in jock market, when somebody's cheap, it means the market is not interested, those are the players we're really interested, we're going to highlight a bunch of those, and then of course, man, with a little bit of fantasy time that we get, I've been trying to really step it up and make this action for everybody. I mean, we are really, we're talking about the best in the game. I have been in contact with national champions. I don't know where to go from there, but it's a national pastime, and these are our national champions at Fantasy Baseball, and really sinking my teeth into what makes them tick, and the stuff they're looking for. We're going to do something really special for the weekend, something, of course, that no one else is doing. We're going to do every matchup, like starting pitching and lineups, just, I don't even know, of course, if it's me, it don't fit in the mold. We're going to have to re name it who knows it's the uh, italian tasmanian devil let's get it everybody first up on the list oh first thing jock market has been getting a little funny with scheduling as they kind of evolve so do we so today it's two slates on the full you know 15 gamer so 640 has seven games and then 805 has the rest the jury's still out how i feel i think those are big enough where it's okay i don't like smaller slates and uh, where i'm going to advise people you know, to pull back their leverage on smaller slates i'm playing every jock market slate but i am kind of levering down just the just the way the slate is it being so finite and the variance within the game itself it's harder to find those values that i mentioned right the average price of a starter is kind of going up because there are less starters to be had all right let's dive up into the stack attack everybody first up it's my yankees those pinstripers i love the bronx bombers man i'm really like a pessimistic yankee fan right now they're so good it's crazy we actually lost betting on cease yesterday they were up three two i thought we had that one and then they just went off right now it's getting to the point do not mess with the yankees you know and that's not a homerism as soon as they start to stink i'll be the first one to let you know yankees going up against Vinny velasquez we've been getting paid on him for a long time if you've been following my work he has sent you know my family down to disneyland more than once 48 percent fly ball 13 percent barrel on the year 470 expected woba on contact that's on average for the season granted x stats are a little bit off but when you're the worst you're the worst we're looking at stanton and judge dj lemayhu and donaldson in particular stanton and judge people are going to really start pricing these guys up they're going to see it in the proc markets to the point where we're not interested 
That is what it is. DJ LeMahieu starting to hit the top side of the sine wave seam for Josh Donaldson. Really want to get with those guys in particular. A guy like Donaldson, when he's getting the elite protection he's seeing now, pitchers have to come in. I think he homered late yesterday. Next up, it's the Houston Astros against my boy Josiah Gray, who I really like. However, 50% fly ball, 12% barrel. Year to date, he struggled in particular, spotting the fastball against lefties. 917 OPS, five home runs. Year to date, key up the big Astros lefties. It's Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez. Alvarez most likely going yard today. I mean, it's gotten to the point between the dead ball and the home run odds. It's very hard to bet on those. I have shifted to total bases, something that I'm really new at. So again, I just lower my risk. But if you can get plus money for Alvarez getting over one and a half total bases at plus money. You really want to do it. Jock Market, he's at the highest setting. We'll probably take him up to like 750. And remember, that's a limit price. So you don't you don't have to like sit and fight with people at the end. Set 750, and if it sticks, it sticks. And if it doesn't, you don't pay the extra. I don't think everyone understands that. Meaning a 750 bid in Jock Market with a $6 close, you get the rest back. You don't pay the 750. This is not NFBC here. All right, next up, New York. Let's go. Mets go against Marco G. Gonzalez. He's struggled this year. 1.6 whip, 2.8 home runs per nine. Yikes, man. That is trouble. It's been bad, especially against righties. 1,460 OPS year-to-date, 1,460 OPS year-to-date against righties. We've seen certain pitchers struggle with certain pitches with the ball. They've been speaking about this, and that's what I've been highlighting. And it's really been at the center of a lot of the prop success. Man, the props and jock market really doing better than the betting side of the war room right now. But hey, man, as long as they're making money, that's all that matters. Let's key up Big Meat Pete, the Polar Bear, Pete Alonzo, and Frankie Francisco Lynn door he's gonna get some work done next up we got the twinkies against aaron Sivali. Man, it's been a very rough go for aaron year to date nine four five era one seven whip how about some more bad math 53 percent fly ball 13 percent barrel is 1.8 home runs per nine yikes the 22 woba splits really really something you got to be careful when i'm identifying splits i'm not just going opposite split this is not what it is the model is is kind of set for particular pitchers and stuff like that you got to remember it's a, it's a bit more nuanced and i'm just looking for the cross certain pitchers again it might be the ball i i think it's the ball it, when we see something this this bad Aaron Savali check it out handed splits against lefties the opposite side 309 Woba better than average against righties 480 what three different pitches in the arsenal accounting for about 70% of the arsenal against righties have a 590 x slug and it goes north of there give me Buxton he's going to be at the highest setting then give me Jeffress and Celestino guys at the lowest setting and again these are the perfect example of when jock market is that much better than DFS, right? So you can, everybody could be on the free square Celestino today, let's say, right? Everyone's on him and he does okay, ruins leverage and it doesn't move the needle. If he's on the jock market slate and he's cheap, right? Which means inherent leverage because there's no demand. Again, free market against whatever you'd call DraftKings, you know, authoritarian daily play, whatever it is. I, I don't want to go down, I don't want to go down that road. But the point being, Celestino, if he's cheap 
opens up the door for a percentage gain to float the entire team at the lowest price. And that, again, is another separator of jock market through to daily. So we're looking at Buxton, Jeffrey Celestino. We got a giddy up, man. We want the Arizona Diamondbacks, righty snakes with shapes on their back against Smiley. He's really struggled against righties as well. The OPS up near 900. Five home runs allowed. Cattell Marte, Christian Walker, and Jordan Luplo. Cattell probably like in the middle of high and medium setting. Walker is a medium setting. Think about five bucks. Luplo got to be below. Last up, Angels righties against Dalton Jeffries. 917 OPS, three home runs to righty so far. We're looking at Trout. We're looking at Ward. We're also looking at the backup catcher, Chad Wallach. That's, that's really more the DFS play. He will not be on the jock market slate. But you got to really like, you got to really like a player like that in DFS. will probably be at the min cost. And if you just get anything out of him, that's fine. I doubt he'll even be a free square, even if he is on that kind of full slate. I think that's okay. I doubt it'll be a free square with this many options. All right, let's get into the fantasy thing. Gosh, it's going to be ridiculous. I hope this doesn't run too long. I don't know why I do this to myself, but I told you I speak to the best. I really want to be the best. We only have a few minutes and we are going to make the most of it. If this show does not make it to the very tippy top of the mountain, it will not be for lack of effort for me and you, the Quark Stats crew. Let's do it, everybody. All right, we got five games at a time, so we're going to do three sets of five, right, to account for all the games up on on the screen for the audio only listeners please rate review and subscribe to the podcast i hope i did enough for you today to earn the like button please hit the like button and subscribe we are in the world of algorithmic control again the well the algorithmic control listen it's just what the world is it, this stuff is free hitting the like button is free Come on, I trade you, man. I was up really early working really hard at this. All right, here we go. We got Baltimore and Detroit. I'm going to try and get into some lineup stuff as well. Let me just get my rocket ship ready. All right, so hopefully everyone will be able to follow all this along and add this to the must listen part of every Friday. It's Detroit against Baltimore, Lyles against Erod, Zimmerman versus Pineda, and Wells versus Scooble. Detroit has two lefties. Baltimore goes with one, but that really hasn't affected the lineups at all. I'm just checking them really quick. Just remember, Mount Castle is out. Other than that, I don't think any effect there. Over to Detroit, same. They've really been rolling out the same lineup every single day. No big deals there. Next up, it's Boston and Texas. Pavetta versus Dunning. Rich Hill versus Otto. Danish versus Perez. Boston rolling out. One lefty. Texas rolling out. One lefty. On the Boston side, Franchi has sat versus lefties for Bobby Dalback, but I don't think he could play either one of them. I was hoping he'd get two whenever... Boston gets two lefties in a weekend. That's really the only time I can play Dalbeck right now. You know I like him, but I don't force these issues whatsoever. Let's get over to the Texas side. The real big one there is Brad Miller, who does not play against lefties. But two out of three, the fact he lines up, uh, leads off, I'm sorry, I should say. I think you could get with him. Next up, it's the White Sox against my Yankees, Velasquez. Against Cole, Keigel versus Montgomery. Will Montgomery finally get a win for us? And Kopech versus Cortez. That should be a good one. That's a really tough matchup if you've got White Sox going this week. You really got to think about sitting those guys. Yankees really have a rotation. They're hard to predict on a day-to-day basis by handing this. Everyone kind of plays and everyone also gets days off. They are really crazy hot right now. Hard to go up against those Yankees. White Sox rolling out pretty much the same lineup every single day against righties. Same against lefties since Moncada has been back. Next up, Cleveland against Minnesota. It's Savale versus Sonny Gray. It's Bieber versus Bundy. It's McKenzie 
versus Joe Ryan. Another really tough set there. No lefties going for Cleveland. No lefties going for Minnesota. So I don't think those lineups will really be affected. I'm going to key them up really quick. Nope, Cleveland, what you see is what you get every single day. Twins offense been a bit of a surprise. They had just a couple righties got the date off yesterday, so I wouldn't expect that going forward. No, so Estina and Rochella and Sanchez all had the day off yesterday, so I think you're going to get the same exact lineup. Remember, Arias is back off the IL. He bat second and played first, so you could start him this weekend as well. Last up on this set, so you're getting five games at a time. We're going to do three graphics for the audio-only listeners. You could jump over to YouTube, grab some screenshots, hit me up on Twitter. If I can, I'll post them. Whatever you think will help, you just let us know. Get up in the comments, tell Patty Mayo how good of a job I'm doing. All right, Houston and Washington. It's Valdez versus Josiah Gray, Christian Javier versus Eric Fetty, and Justin Verlander against Patrick Corbin. So Washington rolling out the one lefty in Corbin. Houston rolling out the one lefty in Valdez. Houston's been rolling out that same lineup every single day. They've been really hot. Brantley and Gurriel both got the day off yesterday, so expect them all weekend. Over to the Washington side, pretty much the same squad every single day. The only swap that's really been going on has been Kybert Wee's Victor Robles has sat two of the last four games, but one was a lefty, one was a righty. I'm not really sure if you're going to the Robles well right now anyway. So hopefully that's like one-third of it, and hopefully that was as compact as we could be. You got every kind of matchup. It'll give you an idea of maybe where the wins might be, give you an idea of where the platooning might be. We haven't really uncovered anything, but you know sometimes you do the investigation. It doesn't always force a conclusion. All right, here's the next set. We got... Kansas City going up against Colorado. They're in core. So right off the bat, you're pretty much going with everybody in KC and everybody in Colorado. It's Granky versus Freeland in a matchup of gas cans. Carlos Hernandez versus Herman Marquez. Should be lots of scoring. And then Daniel Lynch and Austin Gomber, man. We're expecting a lot of scoring in this one. Colorado has two lefties going. Kansas City just has the one in Lynch. So let's take a look at Colorado first. Blackman had sat one game, but he's still playing more than half the games against lefties. I wouldn't really worry about that. Elias Diaz sat three of the last seven games against righties. But again, that one's really hard to predict. I think if you're getting games in cores with, with a catcher, I really think you got to roll it out. So I wouldn't really sweat that. Roll out your Rockies. Oh, the one guy I wanted to look at was Sam Hilliard. Also getting a little bit of run against lefties, not all of it. I would expect him to probably sit that last game. You might be in a position where you're stuck and have to roll with Hilliard two of three. I get it. Over to the Kansas City side where Ryan O'Hearn has really sat against lefties, but you're not really playing him. Melendez has sat three of the last six games as well. I didn't really run the Adam. I was always worried about the playing time there. That could tick up, but I guess you could do worse as far as a C2 goes. Next up, L.A. against Oakland. So that one, there's a doubleheader in the middle. We knew about that. Oakland just had like a jillion games this week. I've been rolling those guys out, man. I'm playing Kevin Smith, and I'm playing Sheldon Noisy. I don't really care what people say. So we got Chase Silseth, who actually looked up today. He has some really good stuff. So don't 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 just scoff at the minor leaguers. I generally don't bet on them right out of the gate. But he's got Dalton Jeffries, who struggled. Then it's Jonathan Diaz against Paul Blackburn. Michael Lorenzen against Adam Oller. That's the same day. Then Sandoval against Montas. Oakland has no lefties going. L.A. has two 
lefties going. So on the Oakland side, they have sat Jed Lowry and Seth Brown. So I'd probably get away from those guys. And I think that's why you're kind of doing these exercises. So if you come across Seth Brown this weekend, you may want to think twice about that. You know, he's missing half those at-bats. That offense really isn't very good in the first place. So over to L.A., we're getting pretty much everything every day. You know, you're going to get Tyler Wade. I was surprised to see him sit the last two days. You know, I th- um. Uh, they, they had been working it back in its second. Not that he's really too too relevant. Remember, Taylor Ward is out right now, injured the last three days. I thought I heard day-to-day, but again, you never know with the coach speaking stuff like that. So outside of that, I'm not really into the back end of L.A. Next up, we got Seattle and the Mets. It's Marco Gonzalez versus Max Scherzer. George Kirby versus Chris Bassett. Everyone's going to be watching that one. And Robbie Ray against Carlos Carrasco. Mets matchup's really tough today. You're going to want your righties against Marco. He's been a bit of a gas can, but that's really not an easy one. Tough to face Scherzer, Bassett, and Cookie on the flip side for Seattle as well. Let's just take a quick look at the lineups. The Mets have been pretty solid, right? We're really, really mixing it up a ton. Now you're kind of seeing the same lineup every single day, really up at the top. I mean, we we expected, you know, Smith and J.D. Davis to kind of swap. Those guys are really outside of viability right now. Connor has kind of been the mystery. He's played only four of the last seven, but it was played against a righty, sat against a righty, played against two lefties, then sat against a righty, then played against the righty. He's feeling a bit spotty right now. Hard to play him in NFBC matchups where you're getting the full week. Seattle, man, I don't know who you want to start on Seattle. I mean, Ty France is really an everyday. Crawford, I guess, is also hard to replace. Other guys, I've got to be honest, man, you'd be surprised when I said my lineups, I really don't get married to the names. I'm more, you know, maybe because I'm a pitching guy, but I'm always looking more at the pitching matchups. Next up, Tampa Bay and Toronto, Drew Rasmussen versus Kevin Gaussman. Yarbrough versus Ryu. Kluber against Manoa. Really tough set for those Blue Jays. Of course, you're rolling out the studs. The ancillary pieces on the Blue Jays, maybe not so much. Tampa Bay, another really, really tough set. Forget like lefty-righty stuff. Getting Gaussman and Manoa, two out of three, is extremely tough. Let's take a look at the lineups really quick. I got Tampa Bay up first. It's been, again, a little more solid than we thought. I thought up top that maybe Lowe would get tossed around a bit. If Tampa Bay ends up with like 10 games in a row, he'll sit against a lefty. But he's played against lefties the last two of three, the last four or five, and then three before that. So Lowe is really getting the full run. I had had him circled. Yandy Diaz playing every single day. G-Man Choi really has sat against lefties. Probably... Not say it's not that big of a deal, but I, I don't. I, I have a lot of Choi. I think I'm. I think I'm sitting him this weekend, right? Because the righty matchups are so so difficult. All right, we got one more on this board. It's Arizona against the Cubs. Zach Davies versus Drew Smiley. Zach Gallen versus Kyle Hendricks. Humberto Castellanos against Justin Steele. So Cubs rolling out two lefties. Let's take a look at Arizona. Really quick, Dalton Varsho has sat every so often, but you got to roll him out. Paven Smith, who I thought would sit against lefties more than he has, really has in his playing. David Peralta is sitting against lefties. So David Peralta is a sit. The rest of the players are not. Rojas included, Varsho included. I think you can get with all those guys. Cubs are going to be facing the three righties. So let's check out the Cubs really quick. 
main lineup has played all the time. Really just Ortega, Ortega, I'm sorry, and Alfonso Rivas sitting against lefty. So you want to sit those guys this weekend when you're setting those lineups and you come across Ortega, definitely let him go. All right, this is the last one. I really hope everyone is digging this and it's not going on too, too long, but you're getting pretty much everything that you could stomach here. Atlanta versus San Diego, Freed versus Darvish, Merton, Morton versus Minaya, Kyle Wright versus Joe Musgrove. Really just think twice outright against Atlanta and San Diego bats. It is going to be really, really tough sledding. I don't know if people are going to look to target Morton. I know he's been tough, but man, Freed and Wright, you got to get out of the way of the Braves and the Padres while looking at the matchup is so important. Next up, Reds and Pirates are in Pittsburgh. It's Molly versus Keller, Castillo versus Zach Thompson, Hunter Green versus Jose Quintana. The Reds are starting to look up right now, man. I know people don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. And Mo we know Molly can pitch. Castillo looked good for coming back off the IL, and Green could get it right. We know there's a lot of talent there, a lot of times with youngsters when it's just a fastball thing. I don't expect it to correct immediately, but it's not like total trash town. So, you know, maybe we're thinking twice about our Pirates. And again, it's all righties. Pittsburgh has been pretty solid. Vogelback has sat against lefties, so you could cue him up again. Like, he's a guy I'd play over Choi if you're in the CI or UT spot. I know, I know, I know. I think Choi is a better hitter. Don't at me. That's just what I'm at right now. Let's get up to the next one. We've got to giddy up just a touch. It's the Dodgers and the Phillies. Clayton Kershaw versus Kyle Gibson. Walker Bueller versus Ranger Suarez. Julio Urias versus Aaron Nola. Another tough matchup all the way. Phillies, I'd really be looking to sit if I could. I mean, if you got the big dogs, you really have no choice but to roll them out. But man, it's really, really tough sledding. The only guy that had, it's been Herrera on the split. Also, Bryson Stott sat the last two games against lefties. So you got to sit Stott this weekend. Just keep an eye on that. Miami and Milwaukee, Pablo Lopez versus Corbin Burns, Trevor Rogers, Eric Lauer, and Elias Hernandez for Brandon Woodruff. You're sitting your Marlins this weekend. Push them to the back of the line. You don't want nothing to do with those Brewers. Maybe the same thing to be said on the other side with the fish. Well, it's a fish I meant, but the Brewers, the same thing. Going against Lopez. I know Rogers. I still really like Rogers. I was digging in under the hood. I still really like what we get. Elias Hernandez has been a gas can. So you, if you do stomach your Brewers, you're expecting them to get it done on Sunday. Brewers are going to be a tremendous favorite in that one. All right, last up, San Francisco Giants, Los Gigantes. San Francisco treats against the Cardinals. Logan Webb versus Jordan Hicks. Jacob Junis versus Dakota Hudson. Carlos Radon versus Adam Wainwright. Really, really tough sledding again for your Cardinals. They have hit lefties, and usually that's when you're keying up all the Redbirds, but Radon, not so much. Logan Webb, tough customer. I don't know, man. You really don't have much of a choice but to start your Cardinals again, but thanks, but no thanks. Tyler O'Neill actually sat two of the last four games against righties. I think they're just trying to get him right. He's healthy. He should be fine. But that's a really tough one. I mean, are you courageous enough to sit Tyler O'Neill? Guess what? I am. Like, I'm not saying to bench him, but depending on options when you play draft champions, you end up with a lot of options, and I could see going after gas cans. Like I said, I'm just more of a matchup guy. Alright, people, so I hope that was pretty cool, and I hope you really like the fantasy stuff. Please get at me. What did you really like? What didn't you like? What could we add? What should we subtract? You know, it's all about you, man. That's really why it's got to be. I want people to know you got to add the show to the rotation and for even if it's just for the few minutes of what you're into, the five minutes for betting, the five minutes for daily, or the five minutes for fantasy, that we're doing stuff here that has to be part of the rotation. All right, we got a couple bets. Let's get to them real quick. 
the betting board's been really tough for us and you know such is life which is why we're always so responsible it's why we bet in decimal points and why even during like bad stretch like a bad stretch you know you could lose like two percent of my stack and that's why i'm in the arena because i decide i decided to do this the right way i fund from underneath right so rather than when i want to risk more i wanted to risk more i wanted to make more money it doesn't mean a higher percentage it just means to fund more to have more capital so the scene so a higher risk is a less percentage man we really got stung in that boston game had they one that extra inning game we'd be really talking about how great we're doing and you know that's how these things go nothing to worry about really digging it today baltimore we have the pitching edge with jordan lyles today baltimore as long as they're an underdog they're one of the better underdogs right now right they're much better than pittsburgh they're much better better than cincinnati and i also think they're much better than detroit so they've got erod and the tigers that tiger offense is disgusting right now baltimore should really not be an underdog to them give me baltimore with the plus 125 then we're going over to toronto where we've got the pitching edge again kevin gaussman over drew rasmussen anytime you get gaussman at minus 120 we're a bit closer you gotta get with that he's as good as it gets right now Tampa Bay offense is okay I mean Toronto offense is probably a touch better next up we got San Francisco and Logan Webb big time pitching advantage for me in this one against Jordan Hicks who is pretty good but it's been very limited you know you're getting two innings you're getting three innings and even as they try to treacher me you're not going to get five you're not going to get six Webb is always a threat to go really far St. Louis Cardinals really struggling against righty so again I think all these plays are viable and I think you could bet them individually where two of three will make a profit and I think this is a good one. Pack them all together. Baltimore plus 125. Toronto minus 120. San Francisco minus 120. All together, it's plus 629 on the daily parlay. Bet one-tenth to win .63. And that will do it, everybody, right? We got some stacks. We got the Yankees versus Vincent Lasquez, the Houston lefties, Mets, righties, everybody against Cefale, Buxton, Jeffrey Celestino on the Twins, Arizona righties, and the Angels righties. We got you all the way through the fantasy landscape. Did the whole 30-team weekend look-ahead matchups plus lefties, platoons, and some start sits. And then, of course, the daily bet and the first look parlay. Man, could you do any more? I don't think so. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the audio-only podcast. Hit the like button and subscribe to the video here on YouTube. Download the Jock Market app and get with us. The $100 that they're matching for free is more than enough to get started and really do damage. I took a $20 promo, you know, when they started 18 months ago or whatever, and that's way up over 3 k right now. And again, I've been flat. Yeah, I'm not... I, I love it. Like, losing in Jock Market means flat for us. And winning sometimes is flat winning. You know, when you make 8%, we make 10% on investment, which is awesome, right? That you kind of, we oscillate and then we get the bigger hits because that's the float, right? That's the, when we nail the top of the, the board with those lower hits, like I mentioned. So everybody follow me up on Twitter and we'll be moving averages. We're going to have the hit on Patreon. Don't worry, if you don't have to pay for nothing. It's free for you and me. Bets, algos, write-ups, risk strategy, daily team totals, just everything. It's so ridiculous, man. Everybody should be thanking Pat Mayo just for all this free stuff, right? I mean, it's all the free stuff. You're getting a look at a professional trading desk, a professional baseball trading desk, and it's all free. And you got full access to me, jock market customers, to the front of the line. So everybody, enjoy the games. Enjoy your day. When we're done with the book, enjoy that pay. Okay?
But you worked this hard. Don't it feel a lot less like luck? You're damn right, man. So enjoy the weekend. Ah, can't wait. Can't wait. I check this on Monday. I'm going to try and get some capping done tomorrow on the website. But, you know, it's really tough. Kids' birthdays, warm weather. The whole world is like, you know, the we were holding the beach ball underwater during the pandemic. And now it's up in the air. And, you know, man, I love my family. We're doing good. Making money. Having fun. Making friends. The whole thing. What could you answer better? Man, Mayo Media Net 2022. So happy. I catch you this. Enjoy the weekend, yo. Peace.